Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. You're Shirley Antonio Basilio. It's absolutely insane being alongside you. I cannot believe that uh, Florida, 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 race fans, race fans, race fans is uh, two days away. John Adams is here. He is fired up, folky. Cole Medina and prepared. Adams, how we doing? I'm doing well, Tony. Good to hear your voice. Are you fired up, focused, and prepared? I try to keep an even keel, big games. I don't feel any different about this week than I did about the Austin P week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe that. Okay, thank you. It is so fun to have the occupation... To be to work around this, you know, not work in it, but to work around it. Um, but it's so much fun weeks like this leading up to these games. It never gets old, does it, John? These uh, these no. signature games, something about it. Yeah, even though the Florida Tennessee rivalry isn't what it used to be, it's still Tennessee Florida. Exactly. How about Dan Mullen singing Rocky Top? What do you make of this? Uh, 
What do you make of Dan Mullen picking us, Matt? What do you make of this Dan Mullen thing, saying he's on the hype hype train, the hype wagon? What, what are we to make of this? If you're a Florida fan and you're paying his buyout and he wrecked your program, is this akin to Butchie Boy smoking his cigar? Well, no, it's not anything close to that. Oh. I, I think there's some, obviously there's some hostility between Mullen and, and Florida, and he's probably just being honest. Tennessee's the better team, yep. and I think they're better coached. Yep. And so, you know, I, I don't think he's saying anything that's like very controversial, but, you know, he, he'd be better off not really commenting, but I guess since he's on TV, he kind of has to, so he, and, he picked a better team. He's just being honest, probably. Also, I think, uh, Matt, I think he prefers Tennessee style of play. Remember, he, you know, he was a re- he was a really good offensive coach. Uh, he's a better offensive coach than Billy Napier. I'll tell you that much. And uh, I think he likes Josh Heupel's offense. Well, yeah, I mean. He he loves this guy's a real lover of college offenses. Do um, you think that they might have a little bit of buyer's remorse by making that switch? I know he didn't recruit very much, but style of play wise, oh, definitely style of play wise. I wonder about Florida's NIL program, mm-hmm. how good it was before Dan Mullen's final year. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wonder if it were as good as Tennessee's at that point. Heck no. I mean, I don't think so either. I, I think if you have a coach, I mean, he was a proven successful coach. There, yeah. There's no argument. Nobody can say that. I mean, yeah. he won Mississippi State. He won a division title at uh, at Florida. Yep. He beat out Georgia. Um, last guy to beat out Georgia. Um, so... Did Florida maybe not help him enough? I mean, there are ways to work around deficiencies. You know, the Phrygian Braves have won six straight titles. Guys, that makes me sick at my stomach. Consistency is really something in sports. To be able to get up every year and to change the pieces the way they do and continue to do it. John, is um, is it too early to ask... Is Nick Saban's dynasty run over at Alabama, and they're now just a very good team? Matt Dixon believes they're losing a couple more games before the year's over. Now, there's strong hints coming out of um, uh, strong hints coming out of uh, Tuscaloosa that they're going to go with Joe Bang Bang Bogner Bugner this week at quarterback. Do you remember Joe Bang Bang Bugner, John? Does that name ring a bell to you? I think he was a boxer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember Matthew Saad Muhammad? Ray he involves in the Twin Towers disaster. Ray, Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Oh yeah, Ray Boom Boom Mancini. Sure. Do you remember the fight against Dooku Kim? Yes. I asked Brian about that. Dooku Kim wrote on his lampshade before the fight, "Killer be killed." He died in the ring on CBS Sports. One of the most insane prize fights I've ever seen in my life. Fright- Tony, that, that's kind of a show killer, isn't it? Kind of a setting up. You were all hyped up, full of energy. No, these guys you know, fought. They out went out and, and fought. Then bring, didn't you bring in death? In yeah. No, no, no. These guys went out and fought. 
it's fine for the third hour when you're about to end the show, but oh, that's a good point, Brian. <laughs> like like yesterday, yeah, we did a whole we did a bit with Brian. I mean, Brian didn't well, know see, any we, of the names. And if you remember when Brian uh, about a year ago, when he let <sighs> the world know that Ray Liotta had passed, I said Brian. He did it at the end of the show. Did you know Greg Page? He said no. Do you remember Pinklin Thomas? He said no. I saw both those guys fight live in Las Vegas. Thank you. Trevor Burbick. Yeah, sure. Read a great book about Trevor Burbick and Muhammad Ali's fight that was on pay-review at the end of Ali's career. There's a great book written about it. They had to borrow boxing gloves for Burbick to wear. Uh, they were uh, bringing in folding chairs. They fought in, like, uh, where was it, in the Bahamas. They fought in, like, this third-world stadium. No offense. Not trying to be... Uh, Anyway, so moving along here. Um, hey, Tony, Adams, wait a minute. Could you Saturday adjust night. your camera? Could you adjust your camera so I won't see the top? Of, just the, I'm not seeing the top of your people head. Don't, talk about things people don't care about. <laughs> the top of no, my head. I do. I know that, but we're ver- this is this is mostly this is mostly uh, audi- audible. It's not video. Okay. All right, All right hang on. I'll adjust my head. camera. How's Jeez. that look? How's that look? I got my train conductor hat on. All right, yeah, so. I, I can see the top of it. Go ahead. So, Phil Steele's going to join us. I'm going to give Phil a do-over today. Phil, everybody gets a mulligan. Everybody gets a blackjack mulligan on here. Is Phil still going to come off his pick, Matt, of uh, Alabama winning it all? Is he coming off that pick, Matt? Uh, winning it all, yes, but he will still pick them to win the West. Matt, they're not. Matt, they're going to lose two or three games. I agree with Matt. Matt, what's more likely to happen, John? Alabama goes through the rest of their schedule unbeaten, or Alabama loses a couple before it's over? Oh, Alabama loses a couple before it's over. No, I mean, no. I still think LSU, no. despite how it looked against Florida State, is no. a better team than Alabama and will win that game. How long till Nussmeyer's a quarterback? At uh, LSU, uh, if I were coaching, yeah, yeah. What's your over under on that? This week, I, Nussmeyer might be the best passer in the well, outside of Spencer Rattler, might be the best pure passer in the league. Hey Matt, when the league voted, or or even Phil Steele's annual, who were the top four quarterbacks in the league? You guys remember off the top of your head the guy at LSU uh, was one. Jaden Daniels and yeah. uh, KJ Jefferson and Will Rogers were, I think, Phil Steele's and top three. Maybe Devin and maybe Leary. Milton. And then Milton was in there somewhere. Milton and Leary were kind of there, you know, four and five ish. I wonder Le- if. He- who, yeah, Leary. Go good Lord. I mean, anybody who voted for him for SEC, you know, anything is just playing insane. the game. You're kind of biased there, though, aren't you, Matt? But he wasn't good last no, year. The guys, no, the guy's track record his last 20 games is off. Yeah, he wasn't good last year. Yeah, but he was hurt. Okay, I, I did yesterday's call with, with uh, allergies. <laughs> I performed flawlessly. I mean, I don't know what you want from me. All right, so we're going to talk about, with Steele, this uh, Tennessee-Florida game. <laughs> By the way. If you sense a little excitement in my voice, describe, despite my macabre turn I took a few minutes ago, I'm excited tonight because Winners and Losers presented by our friends at Miller Lite. Oh, Matt, I'm all over the place today, I know. Matt's like, Tony, you're, you're being Sybil. Are um, your allergies okay today, Tony? I'm just concerned. 
Well, if you look closely, you can see that my face is a little swelled up. I'm, I'm probably going to apply ice during the commercial break. Uh, my voice is crackling. Your, your eyes aren't even red. I'm having a, I'm getting a little dizzy from it, a little inner ear action. You know, Tony, I suffer from vertigo, and so for you to complain I, about inner ear. I'm not lying. Yeah, I find it offensive. I'm not lying. Let's come back on the others. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Phil Steele joins. John, this card this weekend in college football, are they trying to get me to watch, not watch? What are they, I mean, what is this? Okay, what's the biggest game? Okay, let's say. We're the biggest game. Based on tradition, I mean, Tennessee, Florida is the biggest, biggest game. game. What's the next biggest? Kansas State at Missouri? Hey, John, on national television in the middle of the afternoon, uh, they're going to show Alex Golish. 3.30 Eastern Time, ABC, I'm not making this up, hosting Alabama. By the way, guy, hey, guys, if Alex Golish's team can score some points, they can make that game interesting. You all want to laugh at that? Alabama's playing against <laughs> air right now. If Alabama puts that Milrow guy out there, that game's in play. You all can laugh at that. That guy I, is I'm a... I'm laughing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a 32-point line, though. <laughs> For a reason. I'll tell you something crazy. Deion Sanders already, you know, their win total was four coming into the year. I think like three and a half was their win total. They're a 23-point favorite against Colorado State, John, just like that, out of nowhere. A 23-point favorite this weekend, out of nowhere against Colorado State. How good is Colorado State, though? Uh, they must be bad, but but. Coming into the year, Colorado State's Colorado's win total was three and a half. He's elevated hey, uh, them that much that quickly. Colorado, Colorado is, is awful, aren't they? Colorado State, yeah, yeah, they have like a new cock and maybe yeah, a first yeah. or second year. Co- they've been awful but, for two or three years. But my point, Matt, is when your win totals three and a half for the year, generally speaking, that should be a pick'em. Do you think this is sustainable at Colorado? Yes. Do you think Dion will be successful there yes. five years from now? We'll yes. be talking about Colorado being one of the top he, programs in the country. If he's there, yes. Because here's why. He's an it guy. He's an it coach. He's a perfect coach for this era we're living in, which is celebrities on top, everybody else on the bottom. Uh, and he, like um, Tennessee's got a kid that might visit out of their class, Boo Carter, might go out there and visit. And this is a guy that would really appeal to a Boo Carter. I, I was talking to people behind the scenes about that deal. Dion's pitch plays. It plays. It plays. It play. If he's a stock, I'm buying as much of him as I can. And I'm going to tell you something. If Tennessee rips Florida apart this weekend, Florida would be very wise, very wise to give him a call. Because he would attract so many. I'm not. I'm not advocating for anything, but I'm just saying, if I were Florida and I were in their shoes, and I had a Morbin coach after another Morbin coach after another Morbin coach, you're almost to the point with them where you need to do something. Well, Personally, I hope they languish the forever. Dion has coached two college games at the Power Five level. Okay. Well, his win total was three and a half. And he's favored by 23 to win his third. So, I mean, I don't know. Come back on the other side. Phil Steele joins the program. 
as we continue with more. It's absolutely outstanding. John Adams presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. We'll come back. Phil Steele after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big, no tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113 or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! 
Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed, and a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other, at a track like no other, and after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson on the line. Miles, how's everybody doing today at Foodland? Oh, we're doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I'll tell you, I'm doing fantastic. You guys always have some great deals over there. What do you got for us this week? Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, five ninety nine a pound. Iceberg lettuce, $1.49 each. Sweet onion, three-pound bags, two ninety nine each. Nestle Pure Life water, 24-pack, three for 10. And Coca-Cola six-packs, three for $12. All right, some great deals as always. And uh, as always, you guys are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Did I get it right, Miles? Yep, that's right. All right. Again, you're located right there on West 7th Street, so everybody check in uh, the great deals and see what they got, and there's a flyer at the door, and the people are always very helpful there. So, Miles, as always, we thank you. We appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. Once again, that was Miles Johnson for Foodland. Go check them out. They got some great, great deals over there, and uh, they will take care of you and uh, definitely have a good trip visiting with them. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you. Absolutely great to be joined on this John Adams Thursday. It's like Legends Day in here because Phil Steele joins now, along with the great John Adams. And Phil Steele, of course, the Phil Steele Annual, he does this thing as well, um, as he's out there uh, giving uh, uh, great uh, advice in the gambling space. And Phil Steele now joins on the program. And Phil, your thoughts, we're, we're he- entering week three uh, of major college football, week two of the NFL, but let's, let's park in the college ranks. That's what we do here uh, in Tennessee Nation. And, uh, man, college football this year has been a real riddle. This has been a crazy start to this season. Yeah, it sure has. It's- Especially when you take a look at the fact that the SEC is what one and four against the ACC this year. Yikes! Uh, you pretty were probably would have won a lot of money saying that prior to the season. Well, and you know one of the big things is the SEC is also not performing any signature games, which has really upset the apple cart a little bit. You know, uh, Alabama just got ripped apart in the fourth quarter by Texas. They didn't even look like they were in the same. Uh, uh, designation last week the way texas pulled away from them late and and then florida state the same kind of thing in the fourth quarter against a team we think is mighty in lsu and then florida when they went out of league and went up to utah i mean they got basically manhandled uh, by utah's defense this has been very very surprising and let's throw in while we're on the subject here the whole impact of the transfer portal early phil um, 
Deion Sanders and what he's done at Colorado, I mean, there's just no accounting for this. Yeah, and it, it's something that took me by surprise, the Colorado thing, Tony, because I figured that, you know, if if all those players were there in the spring, I could see, see that such a quick turnaround, and I know they upgraded the talent, but to have this team basically thrown together in the fall and come out and do what they've done is really remarkable, and it's it's sort of having me have to rethink things for the magazine for the future about uh, teams coming in and, and utilizing the transfer portal. Then you go back to that Texas-Alabama game, the one thing I want to point out there yeah. is Texas really dominated the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, you look at the fact that five sacks for Texas, none for Alabama. Uh, there's a reason, it seems, that maybe they went with Milrose, the quarterback, maybe a little uh, lack of faith in the offensive line. And we've seen them allow seven sacks in the first two games, and the run game hasn't been what you'd expect out of Alabama. So it has been uh, definitely upside down this year. But the, probably the most surprising thing to me would be Colorado. I, if you would have given me, uh, uh, you know, bet the over-under of three-and-a-half wins, I would have said under this year based on the fact that uh, they have a tough schedule. And how do you throw a team together in one month? And I was trying to explain to these lugheads that I'm on with, Matt Dixon and Brian, who were fighting me last segment, not John Adams. I'm going to exclude him, but the the thing these guys did, they they were I, they go well. You know, Colorado State's not very good, and they have been good for a couple of years. Wait a second here. Colorado was picked for three and a half wins this year, and they're a 23 point favorite to get their third win. I mean, that's unheard of, isn't it, Phil? In that in the whole gambling space. Oh, and my outlook for Colorado this year, I mean, when you look at their schedule, i got to think Oregon hands it to them next week, and then USC probably gets them the next week. But then they play Arizona State, Stanford. They get Oregon State at home. They get Arizona at home. This is a team that, uh, I mean, sure looks like a bowl team this right. year, but can they be a, can they be a Pac-12 contender? Uh, we're going to find that out next week against Oregon. And, uh I think if, if Colorado State's got one chance of keeping this closer than expected, it's the fact that this, you talk about a sandwich coming off TCU and Nebraska with Oregon, USC on deck, yeah. Colorado State off a of bye, and the entire month, all Colorado or the entire year, all Colorado State's been here, and it's Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. Uh, you know this game's super important to them, but they got wiped out by Washington State. So you got to think Colorado wins this one easy and gets the 3-0. and Phil still joining on the TLD Logistics Hotline. It's very nice of him to do this because he doesn't do this much uh, with local radio around the country. But we've always had a great relationship. One time, I remember, <laughs> I remember having Phil on in the summer, and he had a pick against the Vols that I didn't like. And we took him a task on the end. We went back and forth on the air like guys do talking sports, and he honored that, you know. And I said, Phil, I'll tell you what, if that happens, I'm going to bring you back on and apologize to you. And I brought you back on and apologized. But, Phil, I tried to save you back in the summer. I warned you about this Alabama bunch. Huh. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, you look at them on paper, Tony, and uh, you would say that this is a team that's going to struggle, very inexperienced, very few starters back on offense and defense. Uh, but I figured two of their toughest games were Texas and LSU, and they got them both at home. And Alabama's been unbeatable at home. And I put a lot of credence in the Nick Saban thing, but you, uh, you have to wonder now. Now, we'll see. There's still a season left. I'm not saying Alabama's not going to win the SEC West. I'm not saying Alabama's not going to go maybe 11-1, and maybe make the playoff this year. But that was a shaky performance, especially in the fourth quarter. Well, and to your point, too, the thing we one of my adages about college football is, when you go lose road games, that's one thing. Like, they lost at Tennessee last year, one thing. When somebody comes into your building and does that to you, 
that's when the shine and the luster starts to come off your program. And if I'm a Bama fan, that's my main concern, that that happened in my house. Because to me, that's that shows me that you've officially taken a step or two back. Am I, is that an overreaction, or do you think that's accurate? No, uh, it, it definitely seems like it from last week. And that's the first time he's ever lost by double digits at home yep. at, at Alabama. So that's really a remarkable thing because when he took over, I think their first year they barely made a bowl game. Uh, you would think that year they would have lost by double digits at home, but it mm-hmm. hasn't happened in his tenure. Yes, the home thing really shook me. I, I can explain the uh, the Texas struggle last year. I can explain the Tennessee loss last year, the LSU loss last year, sure. the Ole Miss struggle, the struggle at Florida the previous year. All those things you could just say, okay, they, they struggled on the road. But now that it's happened at home, you have to wonder. So uh, hats off to you, Tony, on that one. The great Phil Steele, who I love, on the TLD Logistics hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. And, Phil, I don't get many hats taken off from me, trust me, because I'm I'm the king of bad takes. But let's bring John Adams in here now, presented by Seniors Helping Seniors. John Adams, you are interfacing with Phil Steele. It's legend and legend here on a Thursday. Go ahead, John. Thanks for the intro, Tony. Uh, Phil, uh, you... What's happened in Colorado, and we don't know how it'll play out long term, but do you think football coaches now are going to start recalibrating and wondering if they need to put more time, more emphasis on recruiting the portal than they do with the high school recruiting as they've done in the past? I mean, he's done so much so fast, and coaches are notorious copycats, don't you don't you think there might be some coaches out there saying we got to do more in the transfer portal? Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot more pressure, uh, John. First of all, John, I love reading your stuff, by the way. Boom. But uh, oh, thanks, I do Phil. Think there's, <laughs> I do think there's going to be a lot more pressure on first, second, and third year head coaches now to win right away and to attack the transfer portal. I can tell you, I talked to 122 of the 133 head coaches this year, and they all are starting to emphasize the transfer portal more. In fact, we've seen a lot of uh, head coaches that maybe were calling plays in either offense or defense stop doing that this year because they have to put so much work into the portal and so much work into the NIL and uh, keeping their players. But I think there was a lot of head coaches rooting against Colorado this year because they did not want to have to double down on the transfer portal in the future. They wanted to say that, hey, this is the way to do it, but uh, – after the results of Colorado so far, and like you said, you don't, we don't know if Colorado is going to get to a bowl, if they're going to be a Pac-12 contender, but if they continue on this trajectory, uh, they could very well uh, uh, really make it to where coaches have to hit the portal harder. They fill another portal team just right off the bat. Is that Florida State Bunch? They went yeah. into the portal, spent a lot of money, and took a pretty good team and made it elite, like basically overnight. That was shocking what they did to LSU, wasn't it? Yeah, two two straight years. Now, now I'll tell you this: watching the Florida State LSU game, I mean, at the end of the third quarter, LSU's got the ball down by seven. They should probably be up by seven because they they got stopped inside the uh, the five yard line twice yep. uh, on uh, on downs or turnovers, and uh, then they throw an interception at the start of the fourth quarter, and the rest of the game is all Florida State. It looked like LSU just mailed it in in the fourth quarter of that game, but I thought LSU played well in the first half. But Mike Norvell, what a remarkable job. You know, two years, or last year, heading into the year, 
he's coming off losing season, losing season, and you talk about a guy in the hot seat. He was frying at the start of the year. Mm. He hit the portal hard last year and had great results. In fact, they outgained ACC opponents last year uh, by 116 yards per game, which was the best mark in the conference. And now he added to the portal again this year, even with an experienced team saying, hey, no job is safe. You might lose your job to a transfer portal guy. Uh, really remarkable. I'm I'm anxious to watch that game at Clemson two weeks from now because uh, I, I think Clemson's better than people think at this moment. Wow, very interesting. Matt Dixon, get in here with Phil Steele. Yeah, Phil, uh, always great talking to you. Somehow we've talked ten minutes and we haven't talked about the Tennessee Florida game, which for about a three or five years stretch there in the 90s was the game of the year in college football what's your your kind of outlook on on the balls and gators and uh just do you think this is a more important game for billy napier than it is for josh heupel um you know it just might be uh because josh heupel's got a lot of uh, a lot of credibility built up and a lot of a lot of stuff earned from last year uh, I'll tell you, coming into last week, I had Tennessee clearly a touchdown favorite in this game. I was a little shaken what I saw against Austin P last week. I'm not going to overreact. Granted, it's Austin P. You don't play your A game. You play your C game. you got Florida coming up. But, of course, the series history with Florida dominating this thing, the fact that Tennessee hasn't won in the swamp since 2003. And if you go back and look at that Florida-Utah game, I mean, Florida shot itself in the foot so many times. It was ridiculous, including, you know, the, the punt return where they had two number threes on the field. They actually had a 346, 270 yard edge. They only played McNeese State last week, but I like the way they got the run game going. Mertz has been credible at quarterback and their run defense is playing really good. And I think Tennessee has to run the football good to have an effective offense. So this game concerns me with Tennessee this week. I do think they go into the swamp and, and probably come out with the win, but it's going to be a tight one, and it, it's going to be reminiscent of some of those great Florida-Tennessee games of the past. I had a buddy last night from Pennsylvania, where I'm originally from, text me, and he, you know he likes to play the ponies. And he says to me, now you, now you're te- now you text me for gambling advice, you know, you're pretty desperate. My advice to him was I'd stay away from this game. I said I'd find other games on the card to kind of play around with. Because I look at it, Phil, from a Florida perspective, and they're, they're, there's reasons to think they're not going to get it done here, and there's reasons to think they could get popped in this game. And then from a Tennessee perspective, I look at Joe Milton, and I go, man, he's just so in- inaccurate at times, and Tennessee hadn't won there in 20 years, and you know all these all these things you can think of. My advice in this thing is stay away. From a betting perspective, do you have a feel for which side you're on, or are you a stay-away guy when it comes to this one? Yeah, I'm not going to have anything major on this game whatsoever. If I was, if you said to me, hey, you have to bet the game one side or the other, I would, I would probably bet Florida based on the fact they are a dangerous home dog. Uh, the series history just jumps out and screams at you, Florida, in this game. And, uh, you know, but as you mentioned, I, you know, if Florida makes this type of mistakes they did against Utah, they probably do get blown out by Tennessee. And Tennessee's a team that's more confident. I think Tennessee comes into this game after last year where they had uh, an 11 and 2 season versus a Florida team off a losing year. And Tennessee comes in expecting to win. And Florida at this point, let's face it, they've got to be in the hoping to win category. I don't think they expect to win quite yet. Uh, most of the big games last year they lost. Uh, the Florida State game, I thought they played a really good game last year. 
lost it. LSU, they played a good game, lost it. Tennessee, they were down big at points, but made the big comeback, only lost by five. Kentucky game at home last year, I like Florida a lot. They lost it. So I think Tennessee comes in expecting to win. Florida's hoping to win. What else from the weekend do you like, Phil? Any other ball game out there that you're sort of zeroing in on in terms of either from an interesting watch or from a play perspective? Yeah, you know, play perspective-wise, I'll give you an interesting one, and it's a total, uh, Tony, and and I'll give you the reasoning why. Uh, You look at Ohio State, Western Kentucky, the total is 63.5 right now, which if you watched Ohio State's offense so far this year, you go, wow, that's that's a pretty high total for Ohio State. They've only scored 23 against Indiana and 35 against Youngstown State. But if you watch that Indiana game, Indiana actually ran the option for the majority of the game against Ohio State. Shrink the clock, run the option, make it a short game. Last week, Youngstown State, if you watch that, every snap, Youngstown State snapping the ball with one second left on the play clock, two seconds left. In fact, at the end of the game, Ryan Davis complaining they only had nine offensive possessions all game. Well, this week they're taking on Western Kentucky. You know, Western Kentucky's not going to slow down because they're playing Ohio State. They, if they slow down, they're going to get blown out. They're going to come in playing their offense. They've got Austin Reed. They've got one of the best receivers in the country in Malachi Corley, who's an NFL draft pick guy. And they're a team that puts up a lot of offense, but they also give up a lot. And I, this is an Ohio State offense that needs to gain confidence prior to playing Notre Dame. They're going to finally get more possessions because of Western Kentucky playing fast. Ohio State will play fast. They need to build Kyle McCord's uh, 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 confidence level up. And Kyle McCord's finally named the starter. He doesn't have to worry if he throws an interception like he did against Indiana. He gets pulled for Devin Brown. He can go out and play loose. So I, I like the over 63.5 in Ohio State, West Kentucky. Not a lot of points in a college football game. Brian Hartman, jump in here with Phil Steele, who's uh, nice enough to take some time for us on a Thursday. Yeah, looking at Ohio State against Indiana, are you concerned about them? They seem to have a quarterback uh, that's not quite what they what they've been having, and they they had a rough time scoring against them. Would that would that concern you for them going forward? Uh, I do have concerns with them going against Indiana. I think we're going to see Kyle McCord play better. I mean, you go back and take a look at. Uh, uh, C.J. Stroud's first game, uh, it came against Minnesota, and it was choppy, and uh, they had just 17 first downs, got a couple of late scores, but everybody was complaining about C.J. Stroud at that point. Then he went on to have a pretty good career. But I, I am concerned about Ohio State because, A, it took Kyle McCord so long to actually win this starting quarterback job. I mean, he didn't win it until now week three of the season. Uh, he's going to be going on the road against Notre Dame. That's scary. Mm. they got to go on the road and face Wisconsin. That's scary. And then playing Michigan in the big house, Michigan has got a quarterback in J.J. McCarthy who's had over 85% completions in each of his first two games. Michigan's had five quarterbacks in their history, top 85%, uh, in the game, and he's got two of them, and it's been in back-to-back weeks. So you look at that road schedule for Ohio State, I've got major question marks. Hey, Phil Steele, folks want to get in touch with you services and otherwise and find you online how do they do so and thank you my brother it's always good talking with you tony it's always great talking to you my friend and once again as i always say i can't thank you enough for having me on back in 1995 the first year of the magazine but um just go to philsteel.com and at philsteel.com we got a lot of great things Phil Steel plus uh inside the press box newsletter with selections each week but it's philsteel.com, and you can follow me on Twitter. It's at philsteel042. 
But if you do go to philsteel.com, check out this week's Inside the Press Box newsletter. I've got selections on all, what is it, 75 games this weekend, and that includes FBS versus FCS. You get my computer plays as well. It's at philsteel.com. Much love to you. Thank you, my brother. Good talking to you. Hey, great talking to you, Tony. Have yourself a great week. Phil Steele, Uno Mastiempo on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. And I thank Phil Steele for joining. And, John, I think his read on uh, Alabama was kind of interesting. He recalibrated there and basically said, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna have to own that one. I was, I was off on those dudes. And he did not mind me kind of bringing that to his attention because we've gone way back like really i brought the guy on he said you're the first guy that ever brought me on during a season and apologized to me for you know kind of he goes because i do these local shows all the time and i tell people what you know sometimes what they don't want to hear he said i don't mind that the back and forth he said but you at the time he said you're the first guy that's ever brought me on and apologized to me um I think, Brian, do you remember the context of that? You were with me then, Brian. Do you remember the context of that? I think it was the 2005 season where Tennessee started in the top five in the country. I think that's right. And wound up five and seven or five and six or something. And he and, and he it was hard to watch and start. They couldn't score. And he picked them to lose multiple games. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. He, he thought the season before when they won the, when they won the East – that they had a lot of games that could have gone either way that were close against inferior opponents, and he kind of thought that uh, the next year that wouldn't they wouldn't get that kind of magic again. So he hey, faded them. Hey John, I'm of the mindset hearing him talk, and he was like, "Man, that that uh, that Alabama thing. People see Alabama in a different light today than they did five days ago. They are now seen in a different light in the sport." Oh, there's no doubt about that. And whether you believe the dynasty's over or not, you look at Alabama differently. And you brought it up. You just don't expect to see Alabama beaten the way Texas beat Alabama. It wasn't just that it won. It won by 10 points. It's not a blowout or anything. But as Phil Steele mentioned and everybody saw, Texas owned the line of scrimmage. And you knew Texas had good skill players, quarterback who's had some ups and downs, but yeah. capable of having a big day. But the way Texas dominated the line of scrimmage, particularly late in the game, and as you pointed out, the same thing happened to LSU against Florida State yeah. late in the game. That's when the these kind of games are decided in the way that it was so dramatically different and how and how Texas played. It wasn't just Jalen Milrow, Alabama's quarterback, making mistakes. It was a line of scrimmage game, and that's that's what the SEC's best teams are accustomed to winning there at the line of scrimmage. The the most challenging thing about college football week in and week out versus its NFL counterpart is each week is totally different. You got these different matchups. Teams play the game differently. Some want to control tempo. Some want to go real fast. Uh, some want to do some, something in the middle. And then you've got this series like this Florida thing, John, that is just when Tennessee goes down there, they can do 90% of everything properly and still throw these games away. They've done it down through the years. 
And as we're a couple days away, that's the thing. And then I, in the back of my mind, I look at this Milton guy and I go, and look, you know all off-season, and I can be obnoxious with my opinions. I, I Granted, I'm, I can be, I don't know if you guys realize this, I can be a little off-putting at times. I really want to see, and you and I have had these conversations, I really want to see this guy make it. But on the air, I've been kind of nonplussed about him because, well, Sean Sinclair said it yesterday. This guy's a fifth-year player, and he's unproven. That's what he is. He's basically an unproven, to this point, player in his career. I mean, and and Phil said it. I'm trying to not overreact to the Austin P. John that game, but how do you not? How do you not stand up and take notice and go, man, that just wasn't good. And if you if you can't do that on your home field and you're all nervous and it's going fast and you're playing a one double A team, what is it going to look like at Florida? Is that not a fair? That's a kind of a fair thought, isn't it? Oh, it's a very fair thought. I I think most Tennessee fans uh, coming into the season were uncertain about Joe Milton, and that's fair. He's he doesn't have a large body of work here. He's been a starting quarterback twice before and lost his position. Uh, I put a lot of import on that Tennessee-Clemson game in the Orange Bowl. Maybe too much, but I thought he was really good in that game, and I thought the Virginia game was a continuation of that game. And by the way, how bad is Virginia? Is that decidedly now the worst Power 5 team in the country? Lost to James Madison last week. But, yeah, but see, Austin P. it had, it's an FCS opponent, and you expect Tennessee to dominate offensively at least with Josh Heupel's his history. I mean, Tennessee blows out inferior opponents just the way it's gone. For 20, went that way for 27 games pretty much. So that was unexpected. And and here we go. We keep talking about it. It's really interesting to me. There was a big story in ESP, on ESPN.com about Joe Milton. I mean, he's kind of a legendary figure already because of his arm strength. But playing quarterback is not just about arm strength. It would be like, say, having a, a track guy come out for football and he runs a 9.8. Hundred meters, and everybody's everybody's talking about that. And uh, but you, that doesn't always translate to football. No, you throw him the ball, you can't catch it. That'd be the is he like the the Ben Joyce of college football, where you got a guy who throws so fast that he makes national news. Sure, yeah, yeah, I think that's and you just don't see he's effective at at what other things that would make him better a better player. You you know what he is good at. You know what he is too. He's a perfect guy to do features on because there aren't many kids in this day and age that are going to stay around if they lose their job for two years. That's one. He's also a very like verbal kid. He's a very nice, smiles a lot. So from that perspective, he's very feature-oriented, nice-looking guy. So, so you've got that going for him. The third thing he has is he's got a freak show arm where if you're doing one of these visuals – and you're on national television, you can put him on one goal line and have him throw an orange, a lemon, a baseball, a golf ball, uh, a pumpkin, you know, during during Thanksgiving, during uh, the, the fall season. 
uh, here in a couple weeks. I mean, literally throw a pumpkin from uh, the goal line up over uh, midfield. I mean, this guy is a freak with his arm. So, um, the thing about him, though, the thing about this game Saturday night is, what's so big about it from his perspective, is if he goes down there and replicates anywhere near the way he played over the weekend, John, he's going to lose a lot of our fans. Just like that. I've seen the script. You've seen the script. We've seen People are really kind of forgiving, and it's really going to be your fan base till you lose a game. Once you get- lose a game and it's because of you, then all of a sudden, and Hypel's going to see this. Hypel has magical powers right now to our fan base. If they go down there Saturday and they don't have answers offensively, and Florida does what the first two opponents did, which is to say drop seven and take away the deep passes, and these guys have to nickel and dime their way down the field, which I think is probably the way Florida's going to play them, uh, it's going to be a very interesting football game, John. Yes, and Tony, you you bring up a, a good part, point in this. So, uh, people, most people, I think, really want Joe Milton to do well. Yep. And because he he stuck around, he stayed with Tennessee. He could have transferred last year. He's he's a really good teammate. All the players like him, uh, and he is. He he presents himself well in a public forum. So he's the kind of guy you pull for. But man, this is SEC football, and you can be the greatest guy on the planet. And if you don't win, fans aren't happy. That's just the way it is. It means so much, and it's interesting that it's interesting that he's a Florida native and. His first game in a hostile environment, his very first. Yeah. Never played in a hostile environment. Never started in a hostile environment. Yeah. Is it Florida? In the swamp. Yeah. So that's another twist to the story. If he does well and Tennessee wins, all of a sudden people will look at the rest of the season and say, what they thought, the optimistic fans, what they thought in preseason will become magnified. Because all of a sudden you will have goes to the swamp, Milton plays well, Vols win, Alabama's not as good as you thought it was, Georgia, we don't quite know yet if it's as good as we thought it was, but we know it doesn't have Stetson Bennett making plays all over the field at quarterback. So uh, then all of a sudden, it's just funny, and it seems more evident this year than in past seasons, how much opinions can change from one week to the next. Oh, you can, and you can overreact. Like Lee sure. talks about with the gambling thing, the sports gambling public is going to overreact in college football because it's a sport that lends itself. Talk show hosts, I've done it down through the years. You've done it as a comment. We overreact to things we see because nothing ma- matters as much as in any of these sports as a college football game. And when you get in these league games, nothing truly matters. Like, Matt asked a really insightful question of Steele, which, Matt, I'm going to turn it over on you. What means more, Matt, this game? Does it matter more to Heupel or does it matter more to Billy Napier? Because I'll tell you this about Heupel. Our fan base believes in him to the point where they think he has magical powers. And if his offense is stuck in the mud... Saturday, with a guy that he's gone to not once but twice, 
it's going to diminish him a little bit in the eyes of our fans, Matt, which I think is what you were getting at there. Maybe you weren't, but I'm going to ask you, what do you say? Well, I, def- I definitely think it's a, a much bigger game for, for Napier, but I, I think it's a must-win game for Joe Milton more than anything about Tennessee. Um, you know, I mean, obviously it would be a really disappointing loss, but, you know, for Hypel, but I, I don't think Joe Milton can come back from this from the fan base unless they win this game. Um, because if, if Tennessee were to lose, he would almost have to struggle. Um, I agree with that, but I, but I do think it's a much a much bigger game for Napier than it is for Heupel. See, I I have a feeling that I have a feeling Milton's going to play okay because he doesn't throw interceptions. That's the thing about it. Watson Brown was talking about this yesterday. You know, his balls go so fast that they're either going to be caught or they're not going to be caught. Very seldom do you see his balls get tipped up in the air. Generally, when a guy throws a ball, think and that's what Watson said. Watson said, this guy throws the ball a million miles an hour, so it's going to hit the target and fall on the ground. And I said, Watson, those back shoulder throws that, that he makes uh, when he's missing guys, like he missed a couple, he's, what are the chances they're going to catch one of those balls? He said, one in ten. He said, I'm just telling college, he said, that, and that's a very good college receiver is going to catch one in ten. He said, most guys, it's not catchable. He said, John, yesterday, me and Laura were walking. She said, you know, the thing he said that was really interesting was that in any throw, if you watch it, it's got an arc to it. The ball's an arc to it. He said when Milton throws a ball, it's almost arcless. It's going so fast at you. He said and the more nervous a guy like that gets, the more amped up he is, the harder the ball's coming out. He said, and that's what happened to him the other night. He said, the first couple throws didn't go well. He said, that third or fourth throw in the crossing route, he said, at that point, he was literally firing missiles. Literal missiles. And it's an interesting thing to think, because we have a tendency to think, if a ball hits you and it's in your catch radius, you should catch it. He said, not so when a guy like that that's throwing the ball that fast. Do you buy or sell that, John? No, I agree. Uh, Tony, I was on a, on a Florida show a couple of days ago, and, and Shane Matthews was a former Florida quarterback uh, who was, a, I think he led the Gators to an SEC championship one year, uh, or close. Um, when he was, uh, he was pointing out he, he really doesn't like Joe Milton as a quarterback because he thinks he, his passes are so hard to catch. He doesn't believe you can – just because a guy – his ball hits a receiver, they should catch it because it's just so hard. It's 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 not a catchable ball. He says he, – he the way he phrased it, he said he, he throws a heavy ball. Now, that may be related to speed or it may be related to what Watson Brown was saying. You talk about the arc. And I, I, I just – but that's a really good point about – see. No, about interceptions, when you throw over the middle, yep. and there's a ch- greater chance for interception. Certainly, a ball's deflected, but you know, defensive players, even secondary guys, are not as capable of making a catch. How many times have you seen should have been intercepted passes dropped by defensive players? That's not what they do. They work on it some in practice, yes. sure, but that's not what they do. And I think a defensive player would have a really hard time catching one of Joe Milton's passes. That's really, really great. That's a really good point. Because the guys are on defense, 
As an old coach told me one time, the reason that guy dropped that ball is at one point they tried to make a receiver out of him, and he couldn't catch it. So he's over there <laughs> keeping guys from catching balls. So let's go to the phones, and we'll get as many calls in, and we're going to spend the rest of the time with me, you, us. Let's get our first call. Next call. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony. I have I have three quick takes. Hit it. All right, number one, Alabama will be acquitted on the murder ball charges. They're going to drop those charges. That's not going to, you know, it's not going to stand up in the court of law. Okay. That was their big take. That was their big pros going into the season that they were going to play murder ball. Well, if you don't have a line, you can't play murder ball. Well, it's tough to do that in – and, and it's tough to do that in 2023 when everybody else is vertical. I, I still maintain that. When he was saying that, I was thinking about Alabama basketball when he first mentioned oh my that. Gosh. Well, it just popped into my head. The second uh, thing same here. Macab, macab, macab. The second thing here is is that the, uh, the game is simple, really, to me. Right? Florida has to outscore a one-dimensional Tennessee offense. Because they're going to try to take away the deep pass. They're going to load the box, right? That's what they're going to do, have us try to throw the edge and work our way down. Everyone says that. I don't know. That's the equation. I don't know whether Florida can can maintain a line and move the ball either. So this may be a low-scoring game. Now, that actually leads to my third point. Tennessee does have a pass. If they get up early on Alabama, uh, on Florida, like a touchdown or two touchdowns, it's over because I, th- I think Florida suddenly is out of their game. And I also think that this brings the doubts back into Florida quick. That's it, buddy. I got it. I'm going to let you have the other calls. Thank you, brother. The first 10 minutes of this game are as important as any you've watched, maybe ever. Because here's the truth. This is tr- Tennessee gets up 10 points on them, the game's over. They get up 10 points on Tennessee in that environment with Joe Milton, the quarterback, the game is over. Okay, you want to call? You want to say hot take? Hot take? I really believe that the first ten minutes of that game, you have got to start well. Both teams have got to keep the opponent in front Here's of them. Some, Go ahead, Brian. Josh Heupel just met with the media, and he said that Cooper Mays will indeed travel to Gainesville, and that he's been really good this week. And another tweet says, from West Rucker says that he anticipated senior center Cooper Mays to play Saturday after missing the first two weeks. Said Mays has looked really good in practice all week. Back to the phones we go. I'm of the will believe that when I see it mode. John, where are you on the Cooper Mays thing? I'm believing that when I see it. John, where are you? Yeah, I, I'm the same way. We uh, this goes back to preseason, yeah. and I heard a lo- I heard that you know, he wouldn't play till October. Yeah, now, that's that. And that's nothing definitive, but no, that's what I heard yeah. Though. If he go, if he shows up out there, that's great for Tennessee. Uh, it won't matter that he's missed two games. He's an experienced player. Yep. I think he will give them a real steady hand, snapping the ball in a hostile environment. So I think that would be good for Tennessee and good uh, for Joe Milton. And it would allow them to put Ollie Lane uh, back at uh, left guard and keep uh, the Kara guy off the field who they're scared of. Hello and well in SEC play. Hello and welcome in to our next call. Hi, you're on the air. Going once, going twice, sold to the man, I don't know. I mean, I'm you know, I tried there. You breathed. I tried, you breathed, I tried. I mean, I don't know. 
You get like 20 seconds. What do we get here? 20 seconds, 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Uh, You gave him about five seconds. Best call we've had in a while. Hour number two on your John Adams Thursday, presented by Seniors Helping Seniors after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the garbage man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Imagine all the hits you love in one collection. 
live it up with favorites like, I won, did you hear me? I won! Or the timeless treasure, I just won $5,000! And who can forget the all-time classic, Look who's going on vacation! Get your hands on the cash-loaded Hit Instant Games collection at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer and let the good times roll. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Make it a happy new year. Become the Powerball first millionaire of the year. Announced live on Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve with Ryan Seacrest. Enter to win a VIP trip for two to New York that will include a three-night stay at a luxurious Times Square hotel, a chance at a million dollars, and more. Enter any Powerball ticket at tnviprewards.com by October 31st. From the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. We were just talking during the break here about the Cooper Mays thing. Look, I don't want anybody to be offended, okay? All, including Josh Heupel, because he's done it. All these coaches go before microphones and fib about injury stuff. So I'm not being, I'm not besmirching him when, and I don't think John is either. When we say we're going to believe that Cooper Mays plays Saturday night when we see it, um, look, I, the beat writers have to do what they have to do. That's fine. That's not a world I live in. It's not a world John lives in. From my perspective, I'm going, and I'm not saying he's not going to play, but I'm going to believe that when I say it. And and here's the thing. And, John, let's talk about this real quick, and then we'll go back to the phones. I'm not calling this guy a liar. I just came up with an analogy while we were talking, and this is the way I feel about it, okay? In the space these guys are operating, as long as there's not a commissioner that mandates that they be honest about injury reports, why would you tell me who's healthy and who's not? That's the peril of gambling on these games. You're gambling on something that has limited information on it, the college game. Now, you can still find soft targets out there. I believe that from week to week in these games because there's so many of them. But at the same time, I don't think that's lying one bit for him to go. Even if Cooper Mays is not out there, nobody can see it. Nobody looks at it. And even the people that see it um, are internally, even if they share off to the side with a beat writer he's not playing, nobody's going to write that. And I'm not going to report it. I'm not going to report he's not going to play. I'm not going to do that. So, point is, we'll all have a little fun. It's all fun and games till somebody gets hurt. They're not going to put him out there. I do think Heupel's one of these guys that would not play somebody if they're injured. I do believe that. But this is not lying. This, to me, is akin to playing poker, trying to get you to lay your cards on the table when I have nothing in my hand, and take your take your money from you. That's what this is, that, John, to me. That's a good analogy, and I just can't imagine you're being a good poker player. Maybe I'm horrendous at it. Oh, yeah. 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 My friends, I would go, how do you guys know? And they go, your face, man. You you, you don't do well with your emotions at all. No. But, I, yeah. But, Tony, this is, as long as there's been college football, there's been this. I, I mean, 
as far back as I can remember covering college football, there's this uncertainty about injuries. And and a lot of times it's uh, a player who's going to play and he's playing hurt, as they like to say. They wouldn't want to divulge that that player has a weakness, a physical weakness going into the game. That would put him in a competitive disadvantage. You wouldn't want the opposing team to know your quarterback's playing with a slightly sprained ankle. So you're right. It is purely gamesmanship. So it's not as though we said, oh, the coach lied. Now, if the if it's some if we're talking about uh, NCA violations, that might be different. But this is strictly until until the rules change. You got you play you play within the rules, and when the rules are changed, and they say, okay, you got to disclose as a guy probable, uh, questionable, you know, questionable, all that stuff. Yep. Out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you know what, John? In the NFL, if you fudge around with those, they'll take a draft pick from you. Yeah. Because the integrity of that deal with the gambling, they 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 know where their bread's buttered. Plus all this fantasy stuff, which people pay sure. big money to play. I mean, all that's tied in. In the college game, like you said, no commissioner. These coaches run roughshod over everybody. Why wouldn't Josh Heupel do the same? Doesn't make him a bad guy. For five seconds, because I'm telling some advisors, I would if I were him, I would do the exact same thing. Now, some of these guys are really terrible liars, and some of them are simple-minded people. Like this uh, Butch Jones guy happens to be both of those, just an absolute simpleton in every sense of that word. When Matt reminded me the other day when they did that thing with Worley, and Matt, I had forgotten about because I was talking to somebody about this uh, the other night. When they did the deal, I was told that they put his hands up over his shoulders, and he's like writhing in pain to get that jersey on him, Matt. Can you imagine that simpleton Butch Jones doing that? Uh, Unfortunately, yes. Um, That's kind of what has come to define what Butch Jones football is, is gimmicks and things like that. John, who was the worst liar? Who's the worst liar you ever covered, John? Here, there, or anywhere with that kind of thing, or just as a head coach, who was the worst liar? The guy you could just see through. Not Boy, that that's, that's lying. Not that what's going on here is lying. But these guys, I will, know, but these guys I've been lied to by so many coaches through the years. Yes. I'm trying to to think, uh, but I think Butch Jones would be he would be right up there because he's very expressive in his face and. Not yeah. only is he a bad liar, he's bad coming up with explanations. Uh, going back to the Florida oh, game in 2015. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the falling uh, on a helmet. How about the falling on a helmet? One of the great Cuddle, lies of how all did he time. Injure his eye? Butch off the top said, well, he fell and hit his, hit his helmet. <laughs> well, first of all, why was his helmet on the locker room floor? And then are you telling me a, a college athlete couldn't kept brace his fall. He just goes face down into a helmet. But remember the uh, the 2015 game, I think it was, is the one Tennessee should have won, and Butch went for he, – he kicked the extra point. We talked about this before. Should have gone for two. And then the way he – again, he lied about it. He said, well, you know, we have this book, and 
that the chart said that this is what you no the chart said you did do that the chart said you went for two it's not like it's a secret code uh he's a horrible it, liar but but some of these guys and some of them are good poker players some of them aren't hypel's not i don't think i think you can kind of see through him almost with some of this stuff because he's such a smart guy but go ahead Bry. you were going to say and then i'm gonna get josh how in here. funny would it be if if uh Stony Brook beat them this week. Oh, uh, Butchie Boy? Yeah. I'm full Stony Brook. I'm for the Stoners. <laughs> the Stony Brook Stoners. You talk about getting stoned. Josh, welcome in. What happened to Josh? Josh just left me. Okay. I'm losing my touch over here on Twitter. You're places. 0 for 2 Josh, on calls. Well, no, I'm Josh, sorry. Come back to me. Three. Josh, come back to me. Hello and welcome into our next call on your Thursday edition. Hi. Hey, brother, you need to get that keyboard straight over at Tony B because, hey, you, you, you done lost two up. That's listen, a good point. Man, Tony B? Tony B? Hey, man, you got more confidence in that damn non-rapping Andy than you do in Joe Mill. <laughs> and that's a shame. That's a shame. Because I heard you was on another talk show, uh, another another talk show the other day just trashing the man. Is that true? Trashing who? Joe Milton. No. You should be trashing Andy all every chance you get because he still can't rap. But Joe Milton, man, listen, like I said you yesterday, three years ago, bro, I told you he, still, he was throwing hard then, and he's still throwing hard now. So what's changed? Nothing. Nothing. Like you said, if they go down there and we go up 10, you know what, y'all in trouble. And, and, and I'm pulling for Nico to come in there because I want to see what Nico got. They, you know, we don't. He got him not as a now. freshman, no, not right now, no. Huh? No. You want to do it like five games into the season? Okay, fine. Six games into the season, not first month, not freshman, uh, true freshman season. No, we don't do that but, in the Southeastern Conference. But but, but he, if your man is not doing anything, Tony, and this dude, and he's been playing well since the orange and white game. Why not try him, bro? I'll say oh, this. Oh, your true, your, your true freshman quarterback's pretty good, though, out at Arizona State. Rashada. If your NIL was any good and would have made a payment to the kid, uh, now you you'd have. Hey, hey I'm, just, I'm spitting faxes here. Now you insult. Now you hey, that guy's pretty good. Have you guys seen him, Brian? Rashada at Arizona State. Have you seen him, John? He's not a bad little player. Yeah. So He'd have been a nice well, player he, for them. Emory Jones is doing good up at Cincinnati. Really? Yeah, Emory Jones is up at Cincinnati right now. Emory Jones? But I, I, I know they're 2-0, and o, but did you see him actually playing Emory Jones? They a, scored a, more up against Eastern Kentucky than Kentucky did. Hey, Florida, he's a slaw dog. <laughs> I don't know why. Why, why would somebody give y'all something and y'all just go to kind of insult me, man? Y'all trying to insult my former players? You Can you, can you respond to what I just told you? Can bring, we, Nico, bring Nico in. Can we get bring an update Nico on Treon Harris? Uh, you see, he beat you. That's the update. He beat you. That's a great he update, Florida. He beat you. Yeah, he beat you. He beat Tennessee. Newsflash. But, but, you know, listen, man. If Joe Milton, it's time for him to start responding, bro. Just simple as that. I love the guy. He's a nice guy. It sounds like it. But he's not. He's not responding to the style of play of Josh Heupel, and uh, John knows it. 
Brian knows it. You know it. He's not a great I fit for this I offense. A, no, he's not. I'm a Gator fan, and I know it. John, they need a guy that likes to run the ball or can run the ball a little bit, and that, that does make him an interesting fit in this deal because you've got to do things with your legs. In fact, I think they're going to call on him Saturday to run the ball a little bit, John. I really do. I, I think that's a good call. I think they will, too. And they have to. And he has to do it. And he better. He better. Tony B. He ain't got to do it. He better do it. Because if he don't and sit back there in that pocket and throw them bullets, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Brian, you do do a good Florida. Now I know why you say Tony B. I, I didn't even do it again. Do it for Florida. See if Give him a grade, Florida. Brian, hit it. Tony B? No. Yeah. Come on, Tony B. You know what it is, man. Tony B? You know he sounds just is, like man. you. What do you mean, F? He nah, sounds man. just like you. Do nah. it again, Brian. Tony B? Tony B? If you guys could execute the way Brian's execute, executing you right now, you'd win the game. <laughs> so, so now you're saying we're not going to win the game again. And, and, and Watson has you. Watson pulled you off of the brink of jumping off the Gay Street Bridge, and now you back thinking that y'all going to win again. Okay. He, he talked you down a little bit, and Tony D, I just want you to know that we're going to beat y'all maybe by three or six points, and, and that's what it's going to be. Florida. Game, it ain't going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But Nico will play that game right there. Nico will play. Watch what I tell you. Nico will play. Because Josh Heifel is like Steve Spur. He don't have a lot of patience when he can't do what he want to do. I'm just telling Florida, thank you. You are an absolute clown. John, low-scoring or high-scoring game, what do you sense? Because every time this thing zigs, you zag. And I have a feeling both teams are going to put some points up. I don't know why. I think that um, Mertz and uh, one of those freshman wide receiver are going to connect. And I think Pearsall guy is going to get behind us a couple times and make a few plays. Uh, I just can't see it be high-scoring, Tony. I, I just... I can't shake that memory of Florida against Utah when it got rushed for uh, 13 yards. Uh, Graham Mertz is actually better than I thought he would be. I agree. A quarterback. He, he's he's better than I thought he would be. His percentage has improved over what it was at Wisconsin. But uh, I just don't see that one of these teams scoring a lot of points. I mean, what's the over and under on this? I'll look it up here momentarily. Matt, let me ask you it's something. In the, I think it's in the high 50s, I believe. Hey, Matt Dixon, do you think that um, we could be uh, giving Florida a short shrift here because Utah's defense is excellent? Utah held Baylor to eight yards in the fourth quarter the other day, and I watched it and came back and beat them with you know their four-team quarterback. They're 2-0 and with a four-team quarterback. It, it, Utah's defense or Tennessee's defense, Matt? Who's better? What do you think? Because they look like they have a Southeastern Conference defense to me. Utah, Utah's defense is, is much better. And, and they, they were without a, like two or three players in that Florida game. Defensively. Uh, no, yeah, yeah, defensively. And and ba- Baylor had a backup quarterback playing, too. Great so I don't know. That's I don't a put a whole point. lot of And they lost to Texas State. So I don't put much stock into that. But. Tennessee's defense, I don't think, is close to Utah's outside of maybe the pass rush, although Tennessee was pretty good against the run last year, and they'll be put to the test this this Saturday. So I I think it'll be a lower-scoring game with a lot less possessions. 
I think both teams will be run heavy, especially Florida, and that will kind of limit possessions. And I don't think either team will will take a ton of shots downfield. It'll be a lot of, you know, I think the screen game and then just just running will will be, you know, just kind of dinking down, down the field. And it'll kind of, like most games, it'll come down the red zone and turnovers. How many times is Milton's number called uh, to run the ball, John? For my Tony's totals, which we're gonna put that number at three or four. What do you think, Brian? What's the number? Three and a half, four. Is that right? I think it'll be over five. I'm thinking that too. I'm thinking they're gonna put the ball in his hands and say, "You got to go get us some yards, man. Sell out, uh, Josh Dobbs style." He's not Joshua Dobbs, though. I know, but in these signature games. In Heupel's offense, they get the quarterback to run the ball. It's part of the game. We don't we don't see it in the Crip games. It's not as much. But in these no, you're right. in I these agree. signature games, they put the ball in his hands and they call quarterback runs when it gets real. Matt, what's your number? What do you think? John says three or four. Bryce says over five. What's your number, Matt? Like number of rushing attempts. Yeah, for him. No, call or plays. Time they call his like, play to run the ball. Does that? Well, I mean, there's, there's a difference between like a designed run play and his, just his carries. Design run play. Uh, I, I about what Brian said. You know, five, five to seven. Um, I don't, I don't know how much RPO they do, but I think he'll keep it a, 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 a few, a few snaps at least. And he has to. When, and this is the thing we haven't seen from him. These Southeast Conference games are a different animal. Because you call on that quarterback just to kind of do more. And you call on the quarterback to kind of sell out, John. I think about Josh Dobbs at Florida, Josh Dobbs with Alabama. That that Alabama game was criminal that he lost. And the one at Florida, I've never seen a guy play that hard on a field and lose a game. That was the biggest. That was the a worst, criminal. Most was, egregious loss I've ever, I think that, I've ever seen. It was utterly that was criminal. Butch Jones, that was Butch Jones at his very worst. Yeah, um, that's, that's Butch lost that game. That he should get the loss. Nobody else should. I just think Josh Dobbs. One of his greatest qualities was his durability, though. Wow. He just didn't go down. No. I mean, he just. I mean, went down, but he didn't no. stay down. He just didn't get hurt. Um, I watch Joe Milton. Once he gets it going, he he can run pretty fast, but he's not quick and he's not real elusive, and he looks awkward sometimes running. No doubt. And if he goes down, you're forced to throw a. Uh, a true freshman into the fire against Florida. So I, I think that's why I was saying mm. three or four carry design plays. I, don't, I, just, I know you want him to sell out, but I don't know if you can have him sell out the way you might have had Hendon Hooker sell out or, or Joshua Dobbs sell out. That's a really good point. Let's go back to the phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony. How are you, sir? Hey, you're welcome to our Thursday edition. Hi. Um, so... You know, I'm 50, so I've experienced the, the, the life of Florida and, as you call it, Florida field. I just think about the past quarterbacks at Florida. And, like, every time that they have one that's uncertain, they have an All-American year, and it's always like they come out party with us. And I just I, I hope that don't happen. But, you know. Uh, I don't, I don't blame any OG, right? that's in their 40s, 50s, even high 30s. Kids listening to us, 
some of them think Tennessee football started with Heupel. Hey, God bless you. If that's been your experience, I'm, I'm happy for you. The truth is well, Florida has been a wounding experience for the rest of us down there. Wounding. You also have to think that you don't see Butch Jones. You don't see Jeremy Pruitt. You don't see Derek Dooley either. This Heifel's guy, a different no, I, animal. This yeah. guy here has had a, had a real way of making none of that matter. Well, I hope he does. Yep. So could you compare the Florida? I'm going to try to make this long but short. Sure. Florida to Tennessee as Tennessee is to Kentucky. Seems like that we always, you know, sometimes Kentucky without talent us maybe, but we always found a way to beat them, and that's the way it is with Florida. We could out talent Florida, but they find a way to beat us. The true essence of college football to me is that thing you just mentioned. It happens across the board, across the country, with certain rivalries, certain teams, and it goes down through generations. <clears throat> and it should not be that way. But, John, history matters. For whatever reason, it matters. It's, it's very strange. It shouldn't be yeah, that way. We've seen it. Uh, oddly, you, you don't think from year to year being momentum. You think of momentum in, in, uh, during course of a game. But you look back at the Tennessee-Alabama series has is, is been an odd one. Yep. Uh, because each team has had runs in the series. Uh, you know, once, uh, since I've been here, Alabama was in control. Then Tennessee turned it, uh, and I guess it was, um, in the nineties. Yep. Uh, and then Florida, I mean, Alabama got it back under Nick Saban, and now we, we don't know what will happen, but I think it's odd to see momentum. But the Florida thing is pretty, has been pretty consistent. And you do, you talk about Florida, you think of offense, but that's what's so odd about this series is that Florida's one with not so renowned quarterbacks. It's, it's, you know, and, and you get Trayon Harris's name came up, came up. That's probably the best example. I'm just looking at some of the Florida quarterbacks through the years. You know, even they, in the late nineties, when they won with Doug Johnson. Oh my gosh. He was not a consistently good quarterback. And, but that's uh, Furrier. So you hope that that's, you know, the way it is with this, with Heifelman. And I feel like, I don't think that we'll try to throw the ball down the field. I think we'll, you know, because in the Virginia game, we did a lot of under stuff and, yep. you know, out, you know, screen stuff. And it was successful. And I don't think that they'll overload him, you know, with too much. Look, this is what's on your plate. Check down, check down, check down, and, you know. And it was a short game is what I feel like that he had success with. Both opponents basically said to Tennessee these first two, you're not going to throw the ball over us. So have fun. Do what you're going to do. You have a big arm. We're not going to give you a chance to show it off. And, uh, and, and, and the thing about Florida is their defensive coordinator comes from, from uh, Southern Miss, and he's known for being extremely aggressive. So they would be going against who they've been. Uh, because he's known for heating up quarterbacks and, and playing pretty aggressively. But, listen, I appreciate the call. Thank you. and Great talking to you. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome in on the Tony Basilio Show. Hi. Hey, Tony B. Hey, welcome in. Sorry, this, sorry, this is Brian from Richmond, Virginia. You hey, you sounded, hey, you sounded just like him. You sounded just like him. Florida, they're imitating you, man. 
Sincerest form of flattery. Yep. That and when we rip you, Florida, behind your back. Speaking of college powers, next time you call in, ask me what year you graduated. Interesting. Because I'm going to get a perspective on, uh, like, which... I don't think you have to be a graduate to be a fan. I don't play that game. You might. But go ahead. Well, yeah. Then the question would be, like, did you like Florida State before? Man, I'm anyway, um, I, you know, I, I'm an old IT guy. Retired, just retired, um, 35 years with that industrial baker. And uh, great time working with operations folks on uh, coming up with analytics. And the, the portal uh, intrigues me. Uh, especially, like I guess, from the gambling standpoint, but I guess from coaches and others, just to see, they're going to have to come up with some portal analytics. I'm thinking um, to really know where you are. I mean, what uh, Primetime has done is just, you know, open this thing wide open, and uh, if you can turn a program around in one year to start gauging uh, what happens in the off season. It's going to become just as important as all these recruitments who used to follow all the five star, four star, three star. I think that's right. And, uh, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing with the por- here's the thing with the transfer portal. If I'm Tennessee, and I know in my heart of hearts I got guys on my second line offensively right now that I don't trust, which is the case right now. Now these guys could develop this year. Who knows? We saw what happened with Wright. Um, but if I'm in that spot, John and I'm them, and I go into this offseason, and I'm losing all these guys, I go get me five of them. Five of them. And I play the best three. Maybe six. I think that's a much better allocation of assets than signing a bunch of potential. And I'm talking about proven players at this level. You and I talked about this last year. Even if I have to go down a level and get some guys and plug them in, Jared Verse comes to mind from Florida State. People laughed at that. What are you doing? The guy played at Albany. The guy's a difference maker. The guy was a difference maker there. He's a difference maker here. He's going to play in the NFL and be a difference maker there. I mean, guys that can play, that play out there in the Mountain West. Hey, would you like to come play SEC football? Proven offensive lineman. Tennessee, if I'm them, that's the kind of thing I'm doing going forward. Yeah, I'd look at a guy that's been a two-time all-conference in the Sun Belt. Why not? Uh, yeah, you get uh, Florida last year, Osiris Torrance That's followed him. Billy Napier from Louisiana to Florida, yep. became an all-SEC player. Yep. I much prefer those guys than, say, Gerald Mincy, who was playing at Florida some, but hadn't really distinguished himself. And he's played here at Tennessee, but he hasn't been certainly not all-conference caliber. So, you, sir, you, you're on something, or on to something, I should say. And, and the truth is that the game's not going to be the same. I mean, the people that follow recruiting, the people that make a living off recruiting, Deion Sanders just totally, and Florida State, and South Carolina. Because when South Carolina's roster got raided, they are a skeletal version of the team that beat Tennessee last year. They got raided. They got flat raided. I, I do the NIL as guys on the roster. And that's where a lot of us have trust in Heifel, too. Yep. If he can develop. And I think the athletes understand that, too. And that's why they would 
we're hypo sheep in some respect. Sure. Until he's proven otherwise, yeah. why wouldn't you be? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Weekend, yeah. I think when they, um, if, if there's some doubt, you know, or we lose or anything like that, I could see our fan base maybe turning on Milton before they went hypo. Oh, sure, but my thing is, yeah, yeah, my thing about Hypel is, right now he's got magical powers, okay? Right. When you beat Alabama and you beat LSU uh, and Florida in the same season like last year, and you get that thing the number one in America out of nowhere going into that uh, Georgia game, even with the loss to South Carolina, this we see this guy as a guy who's never failed with a quarterback, and he has magical powers. You go to Florida, and that quarterback lays an egg that you've trusted in twice, and you have to bench him, it diminishes you. It just does. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying yeah. I don't think he's a – I think he's an excellent coach. Win, lose, or draw, um, Tennessee would be hard-pressed to find a better football coach at this yeah, point in time than Josh, than Josh Heupel. He, yeah, we, we believe if – any deficiencies like that, he's going to try his best to coach around him. Yeah. That's what our yep. Take care. Thank you. And, and the thing about Milton, too, John, is, you know, the old saying is you can make it there, you make it anywhere. But if you can't make it here with that with that guy coaching you, I'm not sure you can make it anywhere as a quarterback. If you get two shots and you fail under him, I mean, I'm not trying to be – I'm not ugly about this, but is there a more quarterback-friendly system in the country than this guy runs? No, just look at the difference in Hendon Hooker from when he was at Virginia Tech to when he came to Tennessee and worked under Josh Heupel. And, and you know, he, he's got a long track with quarterbacks and offenses. Uh, going back to his offense coordinator days, Tony, do you think uh, that last caller might have stolen Titans Bill's phone? Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome into our next call. What's up, Tony? Yo, 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 yo. Hey, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think Milton's going to pull it out of the fire here. Um, be awesome if, if he, he did. Doesn't. Be awesome if he did. If he plays well Saturday, what a great story that would be. You know, he's only thrown for over 300 yards twice in his career. It would be great if he could do that. So they don't need him to do that, but how about if he went out there and lit those guys up? That would be tremendous. We'd be on all night celebrating to the wee small hours of the morning, my brother. Absolutely. Um, I think if he doesn't pull it out of the fire, I mean, I mean, I think if he really comes up there and lays an egg, I think I will pull him. Good question. John, do you? You think if he struggled, I don't think they want to. I, don't, I just don't think they want to th- play that freshman until he's ready, John. No, and I, I can't. I can't read Josh Heupel's mind. I don't know, but they sp- they have spoken glowingly about Nico ever since he arrived on campus. But do you want to throw him into the swamp? The other thing, the other side of that is though. If he's as talented as everybody seems to suggest, you put him out there in a game, and sometimes guys that are that talented, no matter how they fared in practice or maybe they've been a little slow picking up a system or whatever, but you get them out there in a game and their talent takes over and they make plays. 
Josh Heupel would have to make that decision. Uh, do you what think, about that other yeah. quarterback? Gaston Moore? He's played yeah. there. He knows the system. He comes from Central Florida. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, he's a possible. I mean, people are going to laugh at this. I mean, it's possible they could go to him. I don't know. I mean, it's possible. It, look, it, Milton would have to be Austin P. State University first half bad before we'd even cross that bridge. Now, if they got to halftime and they were one of eight on first uh, third downs and not moving the ball and all bogged down, it all bets are off at that point. If he was as bad as he was in the first half the other night, all bets are off. But, Tony, what about Florida? Though? We, they, we know they're limited offensively. That's so right. even if your quarterback is struggling, you may still be in a close game. You're right. And so then that, then that makes the decision even tougher. Yep. Oh, God, Tony, um, it's off-subject, but can we get some uh, clone doing some Steve from Lexington anytime in the near future? Clone, uh, there's been a, a clarion call. Thank you, my friend. Uh, clone called uh, – clone did from Steve from Lexington recently. Uh, um, Matt, do they want to throw uh, um, the freshman out there on Saturday? Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Or Gaston Moore, Matt. Well, they're not picking Gaston Moore. <laughs> I don't know why people keep bringing him up. No offense to him. I hope he's, he's, I'm sure he's a great kid. Co- he, knows coach on the the he knows the offense. He came from Central Florida. You don't want to play okay, the true freshman right away. That's good. That's good. I hope, he, I hope he knows the offense. Well, been like there's a lot years. of guys who know that know the offense. You wouldn't want playing quarterback, though, <laughs> in a big game. Matt, do you they, think they don't want to use Nico? But I don't think they'll have. Well, I think they have some reservations, but I think it would. They probably, on their part, at least have some kind of game plan if they have to use him. I agree. They with should that. have a little game plan going in of here's what we're going to try to do. Um, do what he does. You know, like have some scripted plays or things. If you have to make that move, I, I would like to think that they have at least something a plan going into it, but they don't want to play Nico at all. See, somebody asked yesterday, because I don't think they people understand who Nico is, which is fine because you haven't seen him. But in my opinion, somebody asked yesterday, and you never know in these games, could they have a Nico series or two, where they just put him out there to get him used to it? See, I just don't think in a game like this, well, anything's possible in these games, right? You had that five-star freshman I just don't think in SEC games, I just don't think that's the time to do that. Now, there might provide an opportunity in that game where they get a chance to do that, John. But Sean Sinclair's reply to that yesterday, and it made me think, was Nico doesn't have some unbelievable skill set like Milrow. Milrow, a great change of pace. You put him in for a, and let him run around, just, you know, wildcat thing last year. Um, that's not – Nico's a quarterback quarterback. So you're not going to put him out there and let him run around. So it isn't like you would have some designed – do you see what I'm saying here? I just don't think that's in the cards. No, but but as you said earlier – you never know what might happen in these games. Right. And I would, th- I would have, 
if Nico was trending upward and you thought, I mean, you should be able as a coach, you need to look at all possibilities. What if this happens? What would I do? What if that happens? What would I do? What if, uh, let's just say, uh, what if Joe Milton turned his ankle and was out for a half? Gaston Moore. Right, Matt? I'm really. I mean, I don't. I don't know why you're. I'm really trying to, to gig. Be funny like that. I mean, you're. That's well, basically waving a white flag, which I guess you that's kind of on that. brand. For, that's kind of on brand for you. <laughs> I think. No, but I. I think in Matt, those first two games, in Austin P didn't play out the way you expected it to. to that's right. And, and I thought that was significant. If that game's thirty-five to seven at halftime, yeah. which it really should have been, yes. If Tennessee's playing the way it's supposed to play, uh, then you see a lot of Nico. So we have a we have a way of communicating with each other. And Matt threw up on our screen here that we can all read while we're doing what we're doing. Tony, quit being a dumbass. Gaston Moore is not going to play. So, for the remaining time that we have together, I'm going to try and gaslight Matt regarding Gaston Moore. But, Matt, we've had fans suggest that this week, and you're, you're not enjoying, you're, you're not, <laughs> let's go back to the phones. I love that Matt feels as comfortable with me as he does to, like, type that Matt, up Matt, would there. you rather see Navy Shuler up in back playing to, quarterback? Brian, don't start that. Back to, Brian, you are... <laughs> Leave a tender moment alone, Bri. Good gosh. Hello and welcome into our next call. Tony. Yo. What's up, brother? It's Sam. In a ridge. In a ridge. In a ridge. <sighs> well, I'll miss the ridge a little bit. Listen, yeah, uh, Freddie Jack rubbed off on you. I mean, my gosh, man. Are we 0-2 or are we 2-0, and bro? And listen, listen. I think we're going to well, go down and win the game. What are you talking about? Well, just throughout the week, all this doom and gloom, I mean. Well, you have us going to the playoffs. And it's still it's still uh, attainable. Listen. Uh, I think if you watched us against Austin P. State University and you still think it's a playoff team, I think you better cut your uh, input down just a little bit, Sammy. I love you. <laughs> your consumption, me. your consumption's concerning me out there in Colorado. <laughs> are you more of a gummy bears guy, or are you more of something to smoke from a dispensary person at this point? Uh, either or. Interesting. Listen, um, can you still hear me? Uh, loud and clear. I'm working, but it, um, um, was it raining in South Carolina last year? Matt, when did they it, beat us? Matt, did it rain on us at South Carolina at the Carolina game? Uh, no, it was some really a, a great, great weather. It was a night game. It wasn't too hot. It wasn't. No, it was it was good weather. You've seen the advanced forecast, the Gainesville deal, oh. guys. Have you seen this thunderstorms during the day? Becoming clear at night with a chance of rain at night. Clearer with a chance, still a chance of rain up till game time. That's the uh, that's the uh, weather forecast right now for Gainesville. So Bino, get ready for your obligatory uh, lightning delay. Listen, 
that Austin P game, it's, yep. you know, it's your first game in the stadium. It was raining. I mean, it was just what they just didn't have it. It's going to click. It, it didn't rain. It well, didn't rain it was, in the stadium. It was a delay. It, it was a delay. But did that clicked. soft? Did you let a rain delay against Austin P affect you? These guys going to the playoffs, John. They, it was listen. It it messed with the, their psyche, bro. I don't know. They didn't have. Well, then they're it. too it soft good. to win in the SEC. If that messed with your psyche, they're going to go down there, and it's going to be forty-two to seventeen. Ball. Oh! And let me ask you this. Can I get some action against your panel? Brian, are you still going to pick Colorado State this weekend? Yeah, Brian. You've embarrassed yourself with that pick. <laughs> Listen, hey, your boy Dion's going to go up to Oregon and beat them on their home field after he disposes of Colorado State. Tony, you, I got to roll, bro. Love you, man. You have been triple dipping. Matt has an interesting point about weather delays. Go ahead, Matt, because they're kind of selective about how they do this. Go ahead, Matt. Well, again, I, I'm the conspiracy guy, but it always seems like for the the big games that are like prime time or, or really standalone games, those games never seem to have weather delays. It's always the games huh. that are bunched up in big windows huh. for some for some reason. You know, huh. uh, that's, they're just I, so unnecessary. At least seventy five percent of the time. Huh. I saw where uh, Colorado State's coach said Jay Norvell said that. He took a shot at Dion. He said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and glasses off. That's what my mom taught me. <laughs> Ooh, As like we continue it. with more after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Come see us Saturday, September 9th, and let your first cookout be on us. With the purchase of any grill, you will receive an Omaha Steaks voucher for 12 steak burgers and 12 beef franks free. We also will have hamburgers for the first 100 customers between 11 and 2 until we run out. Come see us Saturday, September 9th at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. At a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. I've got our favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the line. Miles, how's everybody doing today at Foodland? Oh, we're doing great. How about yourself? Oh, I tell you, I'm doing fantastic. You guys always have some great deals over there. What do you got for us this week? Well, this week we have New York strip steaks, five ninety nine a pound. Iceberg lettuce, a dollar forty nine each. Sweet onion, three pound bags, two ninety nine each. Nestle Pure Life water, twenty four pack, three for ten. 
and Coca-Cola six-packs, three for $12. All right, some great deals as always. And uh, as always, you guys are open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Did I get it right, Miles? Yep, that's right. All right. And again, you're located right there on West 7th Street, so everybody check in uh, the great deals and see what they got. And there's a flyer at the door, and the people are always very helpful there. So, Miles, as always, we thank you. We appreciate your time, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. Once again, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Go check them out. They got some great, great deals over there, and uh, they will take care of you and uh, definitely have a good trip visiting with them. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you. Either way, Saturday night on Garza Law, fifth quarter fan reaction. I'm talking to the panel right now. Either way, either way, we're going to have a really long program. Now, Matt wants a lightning delay. Matt, are you going? You going down to Gainesville? Uh, no, I swore off Gainesville after after 2013 and the the Nathan Peterman experience down there. Has it Ooh. been difficult for you to stay away? Wow. No, not at all. Have you not missed at all. it? That place is hell on earth. Have you missed it? No. It's did not Butch a, Jones? Yeah. Did Butch Jones have the worst? I forgot about that 13 game. They went. What out an there, odd decision. They went out there, John. And blocked a kick early. Did a couple other things early that should have led to like easy points. They had a pick six. Pick six. <laughs> it's still. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. They got blown out. They got blown out after all that good stuff happened to them early. Somehow they managed to turn that into a blowout. Love who was who was Florida's quarterback that year? Well, it was Jeff Driscoll, but I'm pretty sure he broke his leg he, on the pick he got, six. He did. Was that Jacoby Brissett came in? Uh, it might have been that Tyler, uh, Tyler Murphy Tyler kid. Tyler Murphy being like a backup at UConn. Are you kidding Jesus. me? What? That's why we don't like you, Butch. Stuff like that. A series of torture. If he, if he just started whirly in that game, they'd probably win going away. Wobbly whirly. Hello and welcome in. Let's get our next call in. Ironic. Kano Adam. I should have known. I, th- I thought I sensed a little bit of heavy breathing, if not panning, uh, into the uh, apparati there. Let's get our next call in. So, weirdo alert. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony. It's who's Javal Ryan. How's hey, it? who's Javal Ryan? How you doing, bro? Doing good now. I'm nervous and... To me, am I overreacting to him when I say that this is a program credibility night on Saturday that we can't really consider ourselves that things are, they're obviously different, but like there will just be this lingering feeling in my gut if we lose to this terrible Florida team. No, I think that's right. It's an absolute must win. What we think we are. In a weird way. In a weird way, it's kind of a must-win for Tennessee. In a weird way, because you're not going to get a better chance than this. This Florida team can't everyone's play. Talking, everyone's talking. It's on Napier, and I love Coach Heupel. All this Steve Spurrier talk, and all this. You're right. That and the other. And his thing, Steve Spurrier would never lose to these Gators. Never. He's exactly right. That's why and, it's a huge game credibility-wise. People go, Tony, you're being a little harsh here, aren't you? 
I deal in fan well, expectation. I understand fan expectation here. I got a pretty decent pulse. I think you're in the boat with a lot of uh, with a lot of Tennessee fans and what you're saying there. Now that doesn't mean if we lose this game that Heupel should feel like it doesn't mean that we should be thinking, oh my gosh, we're going to resort back to what we used to be or any of that. But I do think, I'll just be honest with me, and I've said I firmly believe before Nico graduates we will win a national championship or play for one. We lose Saturday. I'm not sure I think that anymore. I'm sorry. Because you can't, since 2003, have teams like Georgia Southern beat these crappy Florida teams. And I don't care what we did last year. You can't lose this game and me think we're back or even almost back. See, John, I think that's there. I think a lot of fans would see it that way. I, I don't think it undermines uh, Josh Heupel's credibility. Uh, his track record is too solid, uh, not just here, but he's one where he's been uh, previously. Uh, I think he's one of the game's best offensive coaches, and this is a